I'm doing well. Each day that I wake up and I can restart from the day before, I'm grateful. Grateful, grateful. Amen. I can attest to that. Let me share with the audience just a little bit more about this phenomenal woman, Crystal Sanford Brown. She's a mother of three adults and four grandchildren, an early childhood educator and advocate from Bloomfield Township, Michigan. She is the founder of the nonprofit Emerging Young Leadership, Inc., The organization is dedicated to working with young people who have experienced or adverse childhood experience, also known as ACE, by by providing a safe space for sharing their stories. She continues to be the only person of color to have served as the elected president of the Michigan Association for the Education of Young Children. In 95 years, she was also elected in the role of vice president for the NAEYC, is a certified state trainer in many areas related to child well-being, including child abuse and neglect and human trafficking. She is a trainer on ways to protect children from sexual abuse. An issue, she says, has resulted in devastating lifestyles impacted by drug abuse, human trafficking, self-hatred, and suicide. For over 20 years, she has been an outspoken advocate for diversity, equality, inclusion, and belonging. Sanford Brown recounts being introduced to advocacy as a small child when she accompanied her mother and sister to hear the Reverend Martin Martin Luther King Jr. in June of 1963 during his visit to Detroit before his iconic I Have a Dream speech in August of 1963 in Washington, D.C. So you got some history there, my sister. (laughs) And Crystal has become widely known for her large selection of prescription eyeglasses to which she states, I want to forever have a clear view on all issues relating to children to protect their safety. And I honor you today. I love those glasses as well. (laughs) So let's just, it's a serious uh, subject matter. When I realized that April is dedicated to being um, Sexual Assault Awareness Month, I said, we need to talk about this subject. And so I did a little research so I can show that I'm, you know, I'm up on it, but I know you're more uh, on it than I am. But can you just share with the audience what is sexual assault and how is April now the Awareness Month? Yes. Um, so April actually is the Awareness Month for so many been really, and when I say we, the mm-hmm. world has been really open and to the advocacy of addressing an issue that many still consider taboo and non-approachable. Mm. We don't talk about that. Well, this person right here, as uh, I want to say about five years ago, six, six years ago, um, was my first time addressing it openly 
I was the keynote address for an early childhood brunch. Mm-hmm. You know, um, um, it was a brunch for appreciation during the month of April because okay. April is um, the month of appreciation for early childhood educators. Right. It is the month of the young child, the week of the young child, all of these things. But yet, mm-hmm. we weren't talking about some of the major issues that are behind the developmental and also behavior concerns of young children, which if there isn't any type of intervention, it goes into adulthood. So uh, April is proclaimed um, through the uh, president's office as um, sexual abuse month. So we continue to highlight it in the state of Michigan. Michigan has um, a part of the government, one of the uh, organizations that's out of the governor's office is the Children's Trust Fund. Mm -hmm. And I am on the program committee for the Children's Trust Fund. And that uh, committee handles for all 83 counties in the state of Michigan awareness for child abuse and neglect and so we do a lot of programming um there is going to be a huge event on a very wonderful day may 17th which is my birthday (laughs) where we will host the annual event and there will be uh, a silent auction there will be um bidding on uh, you know various things and so this is one of the major events that's held through the um, Children's Trust Fund that provides uh, funding for the training and also for support for individuals, as you stated earlier, who have been impacted by ACEs, adverse childhood experiences and environments. And I am one of those individuals. Yes. You know, I listen to you, Crystal, and you're so confident because you know the importance of trying to, you know, to eradicate that. Because if they don't take care of it when they're children and they think, well, this is normal, sex trafficking could be the next thing or prostitution or drugs. Have you seen that play out in in our society um, because of not addressing the issue that something happened to you and it wasn't your fault? You know, so many times... uh, uh, they think this is normal, uh, and it's not normal. You know, I was doing absolutely, uh-huh. absolutely, I, um, and not that I want to harp on a continual topic that's been addressed over the last week and a half. Mm-hmm. But we, we, if you watch the Oscars, you saw, oh yes, you saw a live action of what ACEs can do to you. If you have not read Will Smith's book, in the book he addresses how he always felt like a coward as a child when he viewed his mother being abused by the father and he wanted to protect his mother but he always felt like he just couldn't protect his mother wanting to be respectful too to the father and so at one point when his father became sickly and he was in a wheelchair, he, you know, in his mind, he's like, okay, I can now get him back. I can push him down the stairs. 
he did not do that. Right, right. But if you thinking. the Oscars, mm -hmm. that PS, PTSD, post-traumatic mm -hmm. stress disorder, mm -hmm. he yes. did not have wow. the wherewithal at that moment mm -hmm. to pull back. Mm -hmm. He was thinking, okay, I can't be a coward again. I got to protect. I got to protect. Wow. And he reacted mm -hmm. instead of being proactive with his feelings. Right. And you saw the reaction of mm -hmm. him go up and slap Chris Tucker. Right. I'm sorry, Chris. Chris Tucker. Rock. Wait. Rock. Yeah. And so we, yes, I don't want to get mixed up. Mm -hmm. But we will see incidents like that occur. Wow. And individuals will immediately start, you know, making comments mm -hmm. if you aren't aware of looking at it in a cycle or um, a mental aspect mm -hmm. and, and seeing how it can be related and correlation in there wow. you will you will you will miss that mm -hmm. so immediately I knew what he was doing was it right no but he was reacting as a child who you saw a nine-year-old go up there mm. and an adult mom mm. and slapped him he felt like he had to protect not only going back to that, protecting my mother mm. but protecting his wife and it's wow. it's not our business whatever right. their marriage is right. right that's their that's their agreement whatever mm -hmm. it is but he saw in that instant wow. that he felt he protect her mm-hmm I'm glad you gave that backdrop. You read the story, and I've heard him talk on different, you know, about how his father abused his mother, and he just felt like a coward. So, you know, those kind of insights can give you some understanding why people do what they do, you know. So that that's phenomenal. Let me ask you this. You know, I was doing some research, um, Crystal, and they were saying that the victim oftentimes know their the person who perpetrated on them or who abused them you know is it a family member is it a neighbor is it someone they trusted and and it's usually somewhere close to their home you know it's not far away and they you know it's like a foreign I mean attack uh but is that have you found that to be true with your research and your um uh, uh, information mm -hmm. yeah yeah I, I am also a trained facilitator mm -hmm. for Darkness to Light, mm -hmm. and that is an organization that provides training for uh, child abuse awareness. Mm -hmm. And so in our training, we utilize the statistics that one in 10 children mm -hmm. will be sexually abused. Wow. And uh, you previously asked, asked me to define sexual abuse. Yes. Sexual abuse can be fondling, it can be inappropriate touching it can be um having a person uh engaging in watching pornography oh any of that um so it can also include the, the molestation can also include where there's penetration so there's just a fine line between the two but it's still you know when individuals speak of it and they share it we make sure that we do not diminish that someone's story because their story has validity. Mm -hmm. And when you start questioning someone and you make the, the person feel more victimized and trying to diminish what their, you know, their story, you are re-victimizing um, that person and making them feel as mm -hmm. if, you know, they're lying. 
So, um, get back to your statistic. Mm-hmm. One in ten children will be molested before they're 18. Wow. One in ten. Wow. And then the, the it goes down by, so that's children, mm-hmm. both boys and girls. And, you know, I, I'm in the era now where we, we don't use the gender specific, we say children, mm-hmm. you know. But understandably, 90, over 90% mm-hmm. of the one in 10 know their perpetrator. Wow. And as you stated, most often it's a family friend, it's a relative, mm-hmm. it's someone that could be a part of uh, a leadership, mm-hmm. it could be someone in a church group, an organization, Boys and Girls Club, yes. Boys and Girls Scout, any of those. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we must... If, I always say if you see something, you say something. Yes. And if you mm-hmm. think about, you know, many of us who travel quite a bit, mm-hmm. if you think about, you know, some of the major airports like Hartsfield in Atlanta, right. you constantly hear it over the loudspeaker mm-hmm. about human trafficking. Wow. So it's not only making sure that we are aware, mm-hmm. we need to be impactful. Yes, I agree. And I can it start at home. I remember when my girls were young, and I always share with them, you know, you can't spend the night at everybody's house. I don't know what people are doing in their house. I know what's going on in this house. And so you try to um, educate your children and share with them, you know, don't let anyone touch you. Don't let anyone, you know, tell you that, you know, they're going to. I mean, you have to teach the children. You know, you really have to teach our children. And even if we didn't give birth to the children, you still want to teach just children, you know, because. They're innocent, and people prey, like you said, on the children, you know? Yes. For me, um, as the narrator of my own story, I was, um, uh, it was two of my relatives. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't blame my parents because my parents were working parents. Mm -hmm. They believe they put us in safe care. And instead of these relatives, praying for us, opening mm. up in prayer and, you know, covering us with prayer. Yes. And I say us, mm-hmm. I am one to speak out, you know, I, I'm not the only one in my family. Oh, and no. so another family member, you know, is not ready to speak. Mm-hmm. But understandably, um, instead of praying for us, they prayed on us, P-R-E-Y. Mm-hmm. Yes. And my parents were young parents when they got married. Yeah. So, you know, back in the 60s, there were things that people didn't talk about. We didn't talk about good and bad touches. Like you said, oh, you can't spend the night over there, but we didn't know why. Or don't sit on that person's lap. And so Mm -hmm. the more that we give children the language that they can utilize. Mm -hmm. And and so, you know, when I was an owner, of children's centers or the program director mm-hmm. of on-campus children's centers and I had um, early childhood educators as interns mm-hmm. I always made sure we were all clear that we were going to use proper terminology for genitalia yes. because children need to know that's right you know you mm-hmm. you give it you know I've had experiences where young children have been given um you know, pseudo names for their genitalia, and um, you know, if something happens, you're not sure. It could be ambiguous. I had one little girl. Her mom said she didn't want her to know the, you know, term vagina. Mm-hmm. 
so she called it elephant. And so one day she said her elephant was itching. And so, you know, I, I caught another mm-hmm. uh, adult. Always have two adults. That's right. And so I said, mm-hmm. you know, just to get a clear understanding, right. I said, do I have an elephant? She said, yes. And I asked her if the other, you know, adult had an elephant, you know, female. Right. And what she was describing was her vagina. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking, you know, when the teachers read Elmer, the elephant's coat of many colors. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. You know? Yes. So wow. when we shared with the mother, I then, I then got a backstory. Mm-hmm. The, the mother remarried, mm-hmm. and the person she remarried had an adolescent son. Mm-hmm. And she, the daughter and the stepson would often watch television in his room with the girl clothes. The mother never thought anything about mm-hmm. And he would he told the four year old mm-hmm. that he was touching her eye while he put his finger in her vagina. Oh my lord. So oh my god. Yeah. Yes. Yes. See. Oh wow. It can happen our eyes and not know. That's right. You know, uh, and there's nothing new under the sun. If you read the Bible, you know, you go back to the Old Testament and even the, the New Testament is when incest was prevalent, you know, rape was prevalent. So this is nothing new. And so we have to discuss it and, and let people be aware of it so that they can know how to protect their bodies, you know. Uh, and I'm so glad that I didn't even realize this new uh, April was the, the sexual awareness month, sexual assault awareness month, because we need to talk about it. Don't put it under the rug. It's not a taboo issue like men- mental health, you know, used to be. Don't talk about it. Yeah. But the more we talk about it, people are more aware of it. Children and adults, you know, because there needs to be delivered from from those uh, trauma experiences yeah. that they've had. Uh, yeah. let's... Go ahead. Go ahead. So April April first, as I stated with um, Michigan Children's Trust Fund, we mm. kicked it off. Mm-hmm. April first is with blue mm. and awareness mm-hmm. of child abuse and neglect. Yes. So we have blue pinwheels that um, we <clears throat> excuse me collaborated with many different corporations, and as you go around, you may see blue pinwheels, and and that is the awareness symbol. Yes. So um, I did. Um, actually, I have one here. My granddaughters and I put mm-hmm. some together. We made them. Yeah. So we did a posting. Oh. It's kind of loose. We did a posting. Yes. On April first, you wore blue, and I highlighted. And I still have individuals who would say to me, "If I were you, I wouldn't do that." Mm. And I said, "Well, it's a good thing you aren't me, because." <laughs> Secrets keep you sick, mm. and I no longer want to be in a sick state. Amen. Because I walked around with <clears throat> a shame on my back mm. that didn't belong to me for many, many years. That's right. The right. shame belongs to the adults who violated me. That's right. And that I want to be in a space mm-hmm. of healing. Yes. And, and when I do the training and when I speak out, mm-hmm. you never know someone say hey I'm not alone I don't have to feel you know this this overwhelming sense of depression I don't have to feel like I'm alienated and that you know I have this horrific thing that has happened to me and hasn't happened to someone else and there is healing mm-hmm. there is 
how I do my healing is through the training. Mm-hmm. And again, platforms like this. Yes. It's not about me getting impacts on back or anything. And even with my organization, I don't get an income from that because I feel that that's an assignment from God. Yes. Once I have started that healing and he puts that in mind as, as an assignment for me mm-hmm. to speak up and speak out, yes. I'm there. Yes. You're no longer going to silence me. Mm-hmm. No more. That's right. Because uh, the the perpetrator, you know, always tell you, I'm going to kill you or kill your family if you tell. So they try to put the guilt on the person who was victimized, you know. And and can can we just even talk on a broader sense? Um, I remember when I was a teenager and it was a lady on our block, you know, back then, everybody knew everybody, right, in the neighborhood. And she was saying that someone, a, a neighbor had really raped her. And then when she went to the, the, the police station, and made her, they made her think that it was her fault. But what did you have on? Did you have something like shorts on? And, and so it, it's all of that same stigma, that same old, you know, you caused it to have, you you wanted it, you know. But her no should have meant no, shouldn't it? I mean, have we seen any change from that, you think, Crystal, or no? Um, I, I think more recently with mm-hmm. the Me Too Mm-hmm. That oh, yeah. more people are being more yes. courageous and coming out and speaking up. Yes. Yes, they're still victimizing the victim. Mm-hmm. I too have had an incident like that mm-hmm. where I was out gardening early in the morning. And you know how that sixth sense mm-hmm. will come to you. Yes. And while I was out gardening, I this was like seven in the morning. I saw somebody uh, you know, out of the my peripheral cool. vision uh-huh. and I thought you know, he doesn't look familiar. There's someone in the neighborhood. Right. And about a half an hour later, I, you know, I'm, I'm putting plants, putting, you know, plants into the ground. A half an hour later, somebody, the same person came and grabbed my buttocks. Oh, my and Lord. I oh, my. And this, this was back in the 90s mm-hmm. because I was getting divorced and I was living with my parents. Mm-hmm. And um, my oh dad my happened to be, I grew up in the Grandma Rosedale Park area in Detroit. Oh, yes. And my dad happened to be in the den, mm-hmm. you know, very large home, yes. large acreage in the yard. Mm-hmm. But he happened to come out, he heard me, he's like, Chris, what's going on? And I, you know, I'm, I'm telling him. And immediately, you know, we called the police. Right. And when the police came out, I did get those questions. Mm-hmm. What did you have on? I said, I have on what I have on. I had on what I have on. Right. So why does that matter? I didn't, you know, there was no invitation for this person right. to violate me. Mm. And then I learned that there was a group home that had recently been established oh. in our neighborhood mm-hmm. and not been, we had not been made aware of it. Yes. So the individual, wow. I mean, it, it you know, like I said, it was a large acreage coming across our lawn. Right. So the person that violated me, this was obviously wasn't the first time because mm. the way he stepped up in a quiet motion. Mm-hmm. And then as I screamed, he, tar- he started taking off his clothes running down the street oh, so he couldn't be identified, mm-hmm. you know. So, wow. <clears throat> excuse me. Yes. It wasn't his first time. Yeah. <clears throat> but in in the trainings that I conduct, mm-hmm. we do five major 
objectives and we do one is to make sure that we teach and you learn the facts okay so that you know you understand again and you, you ask me well what is it what does it mean mm-hmm. how you know how, how what do we define it? Right. and number two you minimize the opportunity to leave children or young people in a space with one person yes you minimize that yes and you know person who has been you know um who's dealt with licensing for early childhood programs Mm -hmm. you know in the state of michigan we require two adults okay yes but many times Mm -hmm. especially now with the shortage oh yes Mm -hmm. so i always ask please make sure there are two two adults adults. Mm -hmm. not only for the children's safety but for the adults safety absolutely and you do the background checks of the workers. I mean, is that a requirement, right? A lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To have a background check. So there's several background checks. Mm-hmm. There's a background check where you do a child and molest, child and abuse, and that's done through the Department of Human Services. Okay. Then there's another background check where you do to see if the person has any, um, any, uh, records with the Michigan um, State Department of uh, Police. Mm-hmm. You know, they uh, be driving under the influence or any of that. Right. And then there's a fingerprint. Okay. And so now we're doing more where it's connecting through the 50 states. Okay. Because before individuals were able to go from state to state right. and violate mm-hmm. the record Wow. And you will still get individuals yeah. who are required by law mm-hmm. to list themselves as a person who is under central registry mm-hmm. as a child abuser and they will try to go from place to place and not be listed mm-hmm. and not you know names but you can always go and check in your yeah. neighborhood okay. online mm-hmm. to see who are violators within your community wow. you can do that through um, oh my goodness, it's skipping my mind. But it's through the Michigan. I mean, I'm sorry. It's through um, the Department of Human Services within your within your state. Okay. Yeah, and that's so important. And I just sense that if people can really learn how to speak out and to talk about it, that will help a lot of. I think it could prevent a lot too. You know. Uh, because if you keep it silent, you know, oh, you know, you got to. They think they got a good chance of having, you know, help keeping that secret, if you will. <laughs> but the secret has no. been. Mm-hmm. I know. Yeah, and you know, the state it, it can impact you throughout your life. Mm-hmm. I I did not speak out about it until openly about mm-hmm. it until, like I said, six years ago. Wow. And. So from that time, I look back and I am a survivor of domestic abuse. Yes. I'm a survivor of, excuse me, Mm -hmm. a survivor of ovarian cancer. Nice. Survivor of workplace bullying and harassment. Wow. And so I look back on some of the relationships that I've had Mm -hmm. and even one with a person who was, well, still is a minister at one of the largest churches in Detroit. Wow. And he would say to me <clears throat> through the violation, tell nobody's gonna believe you. And that trigger mm. what my aunt uncle would say, you could tell nobody's gonna believe you. Mm. 
Wow. And if you fail, you know, I, I may do something to your family. Mm -hmm. So it always, in my mind, made me yes. feel as if I didn't have a voice. Mm -hmm. Wow. You know, as, you know, that you could do whatever to me and I would keep a secret wow. until I learned you know, the silence and listen have the same letters of the alphabet. That's true. Two vastly different meanings. Yes. I know be silent. Mm -hmm. And I know some people want to shut me up. I, I get relatives who say, well, you know, that's our family business. You should not be talking about that. Well, you decide how you want to handle what you want to handle. Right. I'm going to do me. Yeah. Because again, I want healing. Yes. Yes. And I'm glad you mentioned we don't hear a lot about, we'll hear it in the schools, you know, and of course, government, uh, corporate environments, but the church environment is just as, uh, you have to be aware about even in the church, you know, because they're human beings. Everyone that's in there hasn't been uh, saved, healed, and delivered. So we have to just make, <laughs> so we just have to make sure wherever we are that we're being protected and, and, and to speak up if something happens, if you've been violated please speak up and so we just yeah. have to so how can people reach out to you if they want to be um if they feel that they need to talk to someone how can um, the audience reach out to you crystal do you mind sharing that information absolutely not <laughs> um you can find me on most social medias and the organization uh, the email is <clears throat> excuse me emerging e-m-e-r-g ingyl.org org, and on there you can sign up if you'd like to have us come out and speak if you'd like to sign up for trainings if you would like trainings that will offer you CEU or sketches um, I am also as you mentioned a state licensed trainer through Michigan Registry so if you or your organization wants training and you want you know credit we can make sure that happens also and um, through darkness to light as I said I, I went through the two of them mm -hmm. so the third one is we talk about it which we're doing here yes. we talk about it mm -hmm. it's no longer that taboo topic right. and number four you recognize the signs mm -hmm. and when we recognize the signs you you know um if you have children who are normally talkative or normally very active and they start pulling back start being quiet mm -hmm. i wish some of my teachers would have asked me you know what was going on when i when i was with withholding and not wanting to be engaged and things of that sort right. and the fifth one is making sure we act responsibly mm -hmm. so if some if a child or a young person or anyone yes. has stated the the neighbor comes to you and shares with you yes. and in a trusting manner mm -hmm. do not make that person feel wow and re-violate them yes wow that's their story yes yes and that's another issue. People don't always believe the children's story, you know. Well, I just thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule. But when you said something about recognize the sign, can I just share this little short story with you? Uh, I was on the airplane. Uh, I was on the airplane. I'm on the airplane. Uh, I'm, on the, I'm on podcast. Excuse me. 
I'm on the airplane, and there was a couple behind us. It was the uh, and he had young children. So the wife, I guess it was the wife, or the mother, wanted to take the daughter to, to the restroom. And the father, the, he's, no, I'll take her, I'll take her, I'll take her. So I'm hearing this little conversation kind of in the, behind me. So he wind up taking the child, the little girl, to the restroom, you know, up in front. And uh, it was just strange. They were there a long time. And my heart said, I just said, Lord, please, you know, I pray that nothing happens to that little child. She walked out, I was trying to look at her, and, and even the, the, the stewardess, you know, the flight attendant was kind of, you know, I think she knocked on her, is everything okay? And so she walked out, you know, looking at him. Uh, but, you know, my heart just goes out. As I was preparing for this sexual, you know, assault uh, awareness, I prayed, I said, I pray that, the, you know, protect the little children. So, you know, you don't, you just don't know now. You just don't know, Crystal. You don't. Yeah. And, and I, I speak of it, mm-hmm. it's not gender specific. Right. You know, right. more that I want to encourage men to become, you know, educators. Mm-hmm. Um, we know that 80 some percent of the education field is women. Women, or, yes. Or, um, and so we need our children to be able to Mm-hmm. That is not gender specific. Right. But there's still this taboo that you know men will do this. Mm-hmm. Well, I've had the experience of a woman, mm-hmm. you know, violate me. Yes. So yes. We, yeah. Keep your eyes open. Keep your eyes if open. Anything, you know, I I've been at the airport when I've seen, you know, young girls mm-hmm. with no love with mm-hmm. older men. Oh wow. I'm just not worried about that. Right, right. Wow. Even in an air of caution, mm-hmm. speak up. Yeah. Speak up because we are our brother's keeper. Absolutely. Thank you. I've been well informed. I know our audience has been more informed because of your knowledge and your wisdom that you shared with us today. And I appreciate you. And. You know, I love you, my sister, I tell you. She's also an author, too, number one bestseller author. (laughs) And so until we meet again, thank you for the wisdom, and um, we'll see you next time. Signing off for now. thank you for the hearing my story. Oh, yes. Take care. Bye for now. Bye-bye. Good afternoon, good day. You know what it is. Today is Wednesday, May the 11th, 2022, and it is Wisdom Wednesday podcast with Dr. Mary Seegers. As you can recall, the whole month of May, I said I'll be honoring mothers. And because mothers uh, need more than just one day to uh, honor them. So I'm just so delighted to have my special guest today. And before I introduce her, I want you to, you know the drill, grab your coffee cup, your tea, your water, orange juice, and join in on the conversation. So today, on May the 11th, I'm so honored to have a special friend. We belong to the same organization, and this is Ashara. Say your last name for me again. 
Anaya. Anaya. <laughs> Welcome. So glad to have you with us this morning. Thank you for having me. Yes. Mm-hmm. Let me tell the audience a little bit more about this phenomenal woman. Ashira is a biochemical nourishment specialist, herbalist, and the owner of Rebel House, a holistic wellness company that heavily focuses on properly balancing nutrition for optical psychological functioning, your brain, digestive system, hormones, energy, etc., and overall health. And wow, that's a mouthful right there. So uh, how long have you had this uh, company called The Rebel House? I love the name. <laughs> how long you been in business, Ashara? Um, well, I've been doing this for uh, probably 10 years now. Um, I didn't establish the company, this particular name, because I started under a different name. But I, I didn't establish the company until... Um, probably six years ago um, online. I didn't establish an online presence until about six or seven years ago. Um, but I've, I've been into health in some way or another for many, many years. Um, I started actually with herbalism and mm-hmm. then expanded into nutrition. Okay. So what prompted you? I mean, was it because of you, you want to make sure your children had the right food or... I mean, what prompted you to, to even get in this, which is a, a great thing, you know? Well, I um, initially, yes, it was about the health of, of for myself and my family. Mm-hmm. Um, I, over time, even the products that I created all came about due to necessity for someone I loved. Mm-hmm. So... Um, you know, when my daughter, for example, became a teenager and she started um, going through pu- through puberty, and she, you know, as with most women, we have issues with that time of the month. And pain oh, yes. is a big part of that. So I wanted to give her something where it was natural mm-hmm. and not have to reach for Motrin or Advil or something like that. So I created uh, a, a a product for that, mm. and then I marketed it to other people because it worked so well for her. Yes. That's so awesome. everything that I've that I've made came about because of, of someone else in the family needing something. <laughs> and because you, you then you went to your extended family, like people like ourselves and others, because we want the uh, the best thing without having all the chemicals in, in our products and things like that. That's that's so that's awesome. You know, I went to a retreat this past weekend, Mother's Day weekend. It was a wellness uh, retreat, and she was talking about the very thing that we put in our mouth and what we put on our skin. And I thought about you. I said, oh, my guest is going to be talking about that as well. So share share a little bit more before we get into that um, about your, you, you said you're the mother of three, right? How many uh, girls and how many boys? <laughs> yes. I have... Um two boys they're adults now mm-hmm. 22 and 23 soon to be 24 yes. um and my daughter's 16. okay wow beautiful family beautiful family you were trying for that girl huh <laughs> yes it's funny i always intended to have two boys and a girl wow mm-hmm. isn't that funny and <laughs> you got it <laughs> are you from a large family as well um you know, how was your family? Um, not very. Mm-hmm. No, I don't have yeah. a large family. Yeah. Not really. Um, yeah. I have lots of, 
I guess I have lots of aunts and uncles, like five on each side of the family, but they didn't have, they didn't all have children. Mm -hmm. So there aren't a lot of cousins. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Yes. So uh, biochemical, um, how did that even uh, prompt you to get into that line of line of work too you know were you studying that in school or you know how, how did that happen <laughs> Shire. that came about because I understood over time I came to understand that um, a lot of the approaches uh, to nutrition or health overall consist primarily of dealing with um, macronutrients and certain things that involve those, so fats, proteins, um, carbohydrates, a lot of um, a lot of the focus tends to be on those things. Mm-hmm. But what I learned was that obviously those aren't the only nutrients that we need, but because micronutrients are needed in smaller amounts, they get less of the attention. Mm-hmm. But the fact of the matter is that without those things without the minerals and the vitamins then we are not able to properly process the fats carbs and proteins and um or or even have basic um physiological functions happen properly our digestive uh functioning won't be optimal without the the vitamins and minerals Mm -hmm. our heart functioning won't be optimal without the vitamins it's going to function but you know especially as we get older um we're going to experience certain problems because if we don't have enough potassium in the diet if we don't have enough magnesium in the diet so understanding that i delved deeply into physiology and biochemistry Mm -hmm. to understand not just what nutrients we need but why we need them what is it that they do in the body Mm -hmm. what is it that happens if we don't have them to a significant degree Mm -hmm. and just basic body bodily functions a lot of people um, coming out of college don't know how their own bodies work and so we have a lot of misinformation that ends up being spread by individuals who have heard it from somebody else who heard it from somebody else who got it wrong in the first place <laughs> you know they'll they'll say they'll say things that that get repeated and they're um they're untrue but we don't know because we can't we don't know Mm -hmm. oh no wait that's not how that's not how the body works Mm -hmm. so if someone comes to us and says hey you need an alkaline diet Mm -hmm. hey you need to be drinking alkaline water Mm -hmm. we'll think they're right simply because what they're saying sounds good and it sounds like it makes sense Mm -hmm. but if we understood our digestive system just that one system we would know no something's wrong with that we, we can't, we can't, that's not how that works at all. Right. <laughs> we don't, we don't need an alkaline diet. And furthermore, even if, so beyond that, not only did I study the body, mm-hmm. the physiology of the human body mm-hmm. and the biochemist, bi- biochemical reactions within the human body, mm-hmm. but I also studied and researched that, uh, but the physiology and biochemistry of plants. Mm. So, okay. 
So when someone comes and says, you need an alkaline diet, I know there's no such thing as an alkaline food. <laughs> Nothing we eat is alkaline. None of it. Right. But we, I heard about the alkaline <laughs> water, though, right? I, you know, that's the only thing I've heard yes, about. Yes, alkaline mm-hmm. water, there mm-hmm. is such a thing. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, very, it's not healthy oh. for us. Wow. It throws us temporarily into imbalance. Mm-hmm. And that's not something that long term especially is going to be good for us right. so even just understanding the first the the stomach itself is mm-hmm. acidic and mm-hmm. it's supposed to be it needs to be mm-hmm. that the the importance of its function depends on the acidity mm-hmm. but then you throw something highly alkaline into it you've just disturbed your stomach yeah. you've just disturbed <laughs> the beginning of your digestive function wow <laughs> It's funny you said that because she was talking about uh, at this um, wellness uh, retreat I was at, and you were talking about having a healthy gut. So it's kind of similar what you're talking about. That it's extremely digestive. important. Yes, that's what she was saying. It's so vital because uh, if you have a healthy gut, you know, and, and uh, we can be able to uh, be healthy otherwise. So it, it is uh, basically largely on what we consume in our bodies and what we put on our skin. You know, um, I know uh, we were at an event and you gave me, you gifted me with the uh, toothpaste. It's a homemade toothpaste that I'm using every day right now. You know, so uh, sometimes we got to be careful what we consume, even on the skin, because it absorbs in our bloodstream. Is that right? I mean, I'm learning that now. <laughs> yes, that, that depends, though, mm-hmm. on um, mm-hmm. how you know mm-hmm. what it is yes. that you're using okay and so certain things yes they can mm-hmm. be absorbed in the bloodstream mm-hmm. um not all things obviously yeah. certain yeah. things the, the molecules are too large mm-hmm. for you to absorb them but certain other things yes they can go through pretty easily especially if you're applying them along with certain oils or um you know certain things help Right. Um, increase the porosity mm-hmm. of the skin. Yes. So if you're using coconut oil with, you know, whatever it is, then yeah, you may absorb something a little easier mm-hmm. than if you hadn't. And then um, even, you know, the water that we have um, coming out of our tap, um, oftentimes I'll tell people using um, Epsom salt when you take a bath mm-hmm. is helpful for reducing the amount of fluoride that you absorb through your skin. Mm-hmm. So, because fluoride is very reactive mm-hmm. and it's going to bind to the magnesium in the Epsom salt, mm-hmm. then it can't, once it binds to it, then the molecule is too large to go through your skin. So it won't, you won't, you won't just be sitting in a tub of water absorbing <laughs> that. Okay. You can avoid that mm-hmm. by adding certain things. Mm-hmm. So it's all, it, Chemistry is, has always been so so interesting to me. <laughs> you know, it's 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 all chemistry. Yeah, you know, I know our audience audience uh, can really relate to uh, our conversation here. They said, "Do you know anything about what is that HPY H. pylori?" Okay, mm-hmm. can you answer it's, that yeah. for our audience? Thank you. And what is it too? Yes, um, <laughs> it's a. It's a bacteria that inhabits the stomach. Um, People can get it through various ways. Um, Sharing of food. I 
often, you know, tell tempting as it may be to eat something and share your food with you from your spoon or fork with your child mm-hmm. try to avoid doing that because mm-hmm. this h pylori is very prevalent about 70 percent of the population has it wow. although not everyone displays um symptoms of it mm-hmm. but when a person does have symptoms it's 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 horrible it, it, dis- it disrupts the entire digestive tract because mm-hmm. it, it's actually the cause of ulcers. It, mm-hmm. took doc- it took scientists a long time to find that out, mm-hmm. that ulcers are not necessarily stress-induced. Mm-hmm. It's not just, oh, if you're stressed out, you're going to get an ulcer. No, that bacteria has to be present. Mm-hmm. That particular H. pylori bacteria has to be present mm-hmm. in order for you to get that kind of ulcer stomach ulcer so um it's you can you can through kissing someone through sharing drinks through sharing food um so people even when they go on a course of antibiotics from the doctor Mm -hmm. they can get it again Mm -hmm. if their husband if their spouse has it and then they get rid of it and then the spouse didn't get rid of it Mm -hmm. just through kissing or sharing food you can get it again but it causes a lot of just bloating gas um it, it can cause problems for the gallbladder and just that absorbing nutrients it can cause problems for nutritional absorption and and the pain that's mm-hmm. one big thing when people start experiencing um symptoms pain is, is one of the number one symptoms it, it hurts wow a lot <laughs> You know, yeah. why, why? But there are herbs mm-hmm. that can. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. There are herbs that can be used mm-hmm. to um, eradicate it, but um, mm-hmm. consistency is important. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, using, you know, very potent things. Um, mastic gum is one of them, but you have to be careful with mastic gum mm-hmm. um, when you're dealing with H. pylori. So, um, mostly because you can end up having other problems if you're using mastic gum by itself mm-hmm. in the beginning. Right. So there's a, there are a combination of herbs that I'll put together mm-hmm. in order to address it. But um, some people have gone through two, three, and four courses of antibiotics through the doctor right. um, and still not able to get rid of it. But one thing that I would caution anyone uh, about pertaining to H. pylori is the proton pump inhibitors that the doctors prescribe. Mm-hmm. Those are bad news. Mm. They are bad news. Mm. <laughs> They're so so. I can get deeper into that with someone if they want to have a consultation and they're they're dealing with H. pylori and just have not been able to get rid of it. But it's it's a very complicated bacterial infection. Okay. Wow. So a lot of people are relating to. Uh, Relating to that, you know, uh, I think another person just put up, I'm going to put the question out here. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's not uncommon. Wow. Isn't that something? Wow. 